Hey, Bestie Gang, this episode is our interview on generational racism, inequality, discrimination. We really wanted to think outside the box and bring you guys something interesting that steps outside of our view and really into someone who's been here for many generations and has been dealing with the challenges that African-Americans face throughout time for 401 years. So we hope that you guys enjoy this interview. We hope to bring you much more information like this and interviews and just different perspectives and different conversations to continue having this dialogue. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so the first question that I have for you is, when did you first learn about racism? I first learned about racism, I believe I was in the 12th grade. And I had a um, um, habit uh, of, of uh, going to um, race slot cars. And at that time, I, um, my friend and I, we were racing our slot cars and afterwards we were uh, uh, stopped by the police in front of our home and af- uh, as the police department uh, began to ask us questions about the car he was driving he was driving his father's Cadillac and uh, because the lights turned off automatically they stopped us and harassed us and uh, they began to um, push on us and um, we just thought that it was kind of odd that we were high school uh, athletes just because we had our letter jackets on, that we would have these policemen pushing on us for no reason. And so I attributed that to racism because uh, there was no other purpose for them to push on us when we were just uh, returning from uh, something that we had done so often uh, to come in our neighborhood and we'd never seen these policemen in our neighborhood before but uh, it was just strange to us that these things occurred. Okay, so would you mind sharing what year that took place in in the location? I believe that was the uh, sometime in 71. Uh, The location was Oakland, California. And so the next question that I have for you is, have you ever experienced racism, discrimination, or police brutality? You went into that a little bit. Are there any other examples or situations? Oh, yes. Um, My first permanent job uh, in 1974, I worked at a um, factory, and uh, I was an apprentice. And I was called all kinds of names and told that uh, I had no business being there. I was told um, that I was uh, would never learn and was told they were discussing not teaching me uh, any of the um, any any of the um, uh, any of the mechanics or the electronics of the machinery. Uh, they were, and they were told, if you do teach and teach it wrong. I heard these things personally. I was, uh, when I graduated from the, uh, from the, co- uh, the course, the apprenticeship program, I was called all kinds of names. Being the only black uh, 
young man in the program ever. They just felt they took it upon themselves to call me names and mistreat me as much as they could. And I was in the program for four years. So, yes, I have uh, witnessed that on my job. Also in the military, I went into the military, and the same thing followed, the same uh, same attitude. Next question is, what does it mean to be a black man in America? Well, my experiences come back from, uh, I, I have to relate to my dad. He was uh, from the South. And um, he would always tell us there are certain things that we would have to be careful of because we had friends and um very close uh, relatives that were beaten by the police in Oakland. This was in the early 60s. And when the cops would, uh, uh, they would uh, see one of our black males at the, at the parks or whatever, whether the person was uh, just sitting there or if they had a little bit to drink, the cops and the sheriff, the, uh, excuse me, not the sheriffs, but the the, um, the the people that took care of the police that took care of the parks, uh, they would they would attack them, and I've seen them attack black black men. Um, in being raised in Oakland, we had um, a lot of just a lot of racism. Even at the stores, you could you could just feel it uh, how you were uh, related to and spoken to. So yes, as as a black man, I grew up with that in my mind of always being careful of the police and having a fear of them and being careful uh, what you said, uh, how you interacted, whether you said anything or not. In America, a black man has always been discriminated against if uh, if not openly, uh, you could... Uh, you you would you would feel it and experience it on your uh, on your jobs to where you would just you knew what was what was going to be said and if there was someone mistreated you or called you some name uh, even as a young person I've watched that and just having the history of how my poor parents were treated in this country my dad would always also let us know that when he was coming up in the south he had to step off the curb whenever he had uh, uh, was coming down the street and if there was a, a white person especially a white female how he was treated so it, it continued it continued on to uh, after I became a young man and uh, even to this day the uh, the sentiments of racism are all around you can you can you can you can feel it and you you would I would think that being in the Bay Area, it wasn't uh, something that you would feel like you felt uh, in the South. But uh, racism has uh, has a lot of um, camouflages. Mm-hmm. But yes, I have uh, I have witnessed uh, racism all my life, actually. Well, it, as far as my upbringing was concerned, my parents. My father would tell us, uh, give us excerpts of what happened uh, 
uh, in the South and what happened to him in the military. Um, he was a young man in the military and uh, he was a mess steward on, 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 uh, on the ships over in uh, Hawaii. Uh, that was early 1940-41. And he would, he would tell us of the things that he would witness uh, in the military. So uh, historical evidence is uh, pretty alive and well as far as uh, my my upbringing and the uh, life that I my early life. So um, if I, I want to get your question just right because there are so many so many instances that that um, I'm sure after this uh, this conversation there will be many more, but. Just to have the experience of discrimination from my pet, my forefathers and myself and my brothers, um, even during the war, my father would tell us what happened during World War II and how in World War II they were discriminated against as far as guarding the prisoners, uh, the uh, prisoners from Europe. And my brother Greg, he would tell me what had happened to him in uh, Texas and during the 67, 68. And I have another brother that was in Vietnam. He would tell us what happened to the uh, black soldiers in Vietnam. So it's uh, just from my uh, my brothers and my father and my, myself, um, if I'm answering your question, which I hope I am, uh, I've had a lot of experiences. So the next question is, as a brother, father, uncle, grandfather, and a human being, what are the important messages that you wish to pass down to younger generations? Well, first of all, I feel that every individual, especially uh, uh, as a, uh, a black person in America, you, you need to, first of all, learn the history of this uh, country. Uh, because if you don't uh, get a good understanding of the history of the country, you won't understand um, uh, 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 how to deal with it. So uh, our young people today, after getting the history, I would love to see them stand tall and speak truth to power. Because if they don't, uh, they, they don't speak truth to power, then they, they will repeat this, what has happened in this country for the last 400 years. Uh, it's not enough to say that, uh, well, we know that this has happened or, um, you know, be careful uh, and don't do this and don't do that and give an explanation for uh, what you uh you be, you're being black in America. It seems like we have to give explanations to uh, who we are. But it's time to. It's been past time to stand up and continue. Don't don't stop. Uh, you can change the world. Our young black people they can lead the way to change this world. And I've got confidence that that's what they're going to do. So that's my that's that's my um, advice is to learn your history. Stand tall against discrimination and um, push forward. Don't stop. Don't let this be just.
America, people of color in America, and for everyone in the, in the world. Thank you for that. And your response kind of led into another question. So I'm going to skip around a little bit. In your opinion, what steps can people take to be a part of the resolution and not the problem? Well, it's always important to be part of the, the solution uh, or the, uh, <clears throat> to, um, to help um, bring positive change. Um, I believe that um, by your example, and I've always found that uh, being an example of who you are meant more than speaking or talking about something. So, Because the example means that you're going to be giving some kind of response uh, or uh, and your response is going to be something that you're actually physically doing. And that means that you're going to have to get up and you're going to stand up and you're going to have to uh, put something in the game. Like I stated, it's easy to talk about something, but talking about it don't make the change. Those people that sat at the lunch counters in the in the sixties and the fifties that didn't um, wouldn't wouldn't move from their seats on the bus. That was uh, bravery. That was especially when you knew dogs were going to be sucked uh, sicked on you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it takes in, in, in this world. Nothing changes by just sitting and talking about it. You have to, it has to be some action. That's the word I want to use. It has to be action. And that action sometimes means that you're going to have to uh, bring, uh, bring, bring, bring your truth to power. And sometimes, uh, I don't believe in violence, but sometimes that's the only thing that have brought change in America, because America has always been a violent nation. Have always been it, took, it was violence that made America what it is. The American Indian, he'll tell you that violence is how this nation was 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 taken over. And any change from this, it took a civil war to bring about change for slavery. America's first sin, its greatest sin, not its first sin, but one of its great one of them, because the American Indian was a, was an atrocity, and that was his first sin. Okay, the next. I can go on. I don't. I want to. I don't want. <laughs> Go ahead. If you have more to add, we are totally open for that. Well, uh, there's a lot of historical facts for the last 400 years. Mm -hmm. um, from the time of Crispus, Crispus Attucks fighting in the Revolutionary War or the war against the British to present day. Um, 
racism that lifts his head all the time. And I find that when a male, black male, speaks against racism towards him, it's kind of swept under the rug. Um, and we appreciate the black woman for standing during slavery and for doing the things that she did during slavery because without the black woman having children and raising the children, she couldn't really have a husband, anyone that would lead the family, a male figure leading the family. She had to lead the family. She had to be the man and the woman. So the black male owes the black woman a lot of, uh, a lot of accolades because of what she did to carry us to this day. Um, so it's, it's our responsibility as the black male to take the initiative and lead the way for the family going forward. There's a, there's a, we know, I look at it, there's, we're inexcusable. We can talk about our history, yes, it was a devastating history. But I believe that the black male has to lead his family. And um, I know there's a lot that goes on in this world, but we have to be very careful about incarcerations. Not that every black person, that black male that's in prison is in prison because he did wrong. But then we do some things, we give our way we give our freedoms away uh, for, for no nothing that really means anything. So we want to be very careful with that. We want to be very careful on how we uh, use the medications that uh, and the drugs that you say that we know were put in our the, 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 the drugs. The drug scene was put in our neighborhoods, and that's well documented. But uh, you don't have to use drugs or sell them. As far as medications are concerned, um, many uh, during uh, the 60s, many uh, black males that went into prison, even to present day, they say, well, you've got a problem. You've got a mental issue. So they feed them drugs. They feed them uh, drugs that you get by prescription. That ruins black males. So there's so much on there's so much uh, the history of this country and uh, how are the prison systems, the legal systems. It's all been against the black male uh, from the time of uh, from slavery. And a lot of these systems that I hear you speak about, that really goes into the leadership. So one of my next questions, um, what I really wanted to focus on is I believe in the system. And I believe if you don't change the system, you cannot definitely hold individual people accountable. Because as the system, the system is corrupt. So when we talk about police brutality, we're not just talking about that one individual. But the person that is educating him, the person that is teaching him. Because if the person that is teaching me is 
not racist. They are actually uh, open for human diversity, equality for all. They're going to pass that down and teach that to me. They're also going to hold me accountable so I know that I cannot come into a system and engage in these illegal and racist acts. So I really do believe in those things that you were speaking about, that it is going to take a change within those systems that were made to hold this population down. So my next... Go ahead. Can I relate to that? Yes. Um, that is a historical fact. Uh, my mother, being raised in the South, she could only go to the 10th grade in her city. They didn't have, after, after the 10th grade, it's a historical fact in America's Georgia that there was one school for blacks there. That school was from kindergarten to the 10th grade. And so they would ask, how come the blacks in the area can't go to, uh, can't go past the 10th grade in our city? They said, because blacks, they don't need an education past the 10th grade because they're not going to do anything other than do some servitudal job anyway. So education in America has, uh, uh, has, 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 has a, has a, a, a track record of uh, uh, old books, uh, old ways of teaching, uh, not not uh, not uh, helping uh, a young person to open their a young black person to open their minds in America. The average uh, uh, the systems in America, your school systems, they were part of the they they part of the, uh, the the racial divide as much as um, as much as anything else uh, it wasn't until 1968 until around that time that uh, people could basically between 64 and 68 you you had a very rough time in certain areas to even go to uh, a school that was um, that was had any curriculum that would help you really learn anything uh, so there's been a, a historical, there's been a historical um, problem in this country, uh, 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 for, for like I said, for 400 years or more. It's uh, and it, it's not going to get any better until our our young people. Uh, don't get me wrong; it has changed significantly, but to get to where all men and women are created equal and given the same opportunities until we get to that point america will never be what it, it could and should be okay and so one of the main reasons that i really wanted to interview you for this portion that i'm with this project that i'm really working on is because i look at you as a leader in my life so when i think about what's going on in the world i really think about what leadership is necessary to address these issues yes um is that a question or you yes just... that's the question sorry Okay, what leadership is necessary today? Yes, to address these issues, because the current leadership that we have is not supportive of what needs to be done. Well, when we look at our current leadership, if we look at the top, you know, uh, 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 you're not a country uh, or a, um, a family is not going to be any greater than the head of it. Right. Uh, you can't put... Uh, uh, 
around and expect to get apples. The, what's been planted in our leadership, especially today, has been a negative um, I'll say it's been a let's say it's been a, a negative ploy I'll use that word okay. against the American people we thought that after President Obama was elected president that the world would look at America in a different light and some parts of America, supposed to parts of the world, and America, we felt that, okay, we're starting to make some headway now. We have the first black American uh, leading the country. Now, I knew um, I wasn't gullible enough to think that uh, just because uh, we had a black president that all was going to be hunky-dory and and it, it's, everything's going to be come by y'all. I knew that just from the history that I lived in this country. But I thought that we would at least start heading in the right direction as far as equality was concerned. Uh, the president did the best he could under the circumstances that he was delivered. When he got into office, we all know that he was given uh, a, 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 a situation uh, from our economic situation and everything else that went along in this country he was given a, he was given a, a, a bad bill of goods we'll put it that way okay. it's something that he had to get in there and change just to save the country he didn't get, get he didn't get what we have today. Uh, that what the present what the present occupant of the White House was given. Um, so I, I I believe that the uh, American citizens today they have an opportunity in the in the next few months to bring about the change and get us back on the right course. I believe the uh, present occupant had begun to put us on the right course. I believe America was starting, the light was starting to shine a little brighter in America. But under the person you have in the, in, in, in the office today, he never was taught uh, what history represented towards uh, minorities in this country. Don't have a clue. His grandfather didn't have a clue when he came here. His father didn't have a clue. And you are, no, you are what you eat. And your environment dictates basically how you are going to think. Absolutely. So if your environment is a negative environment towards people of color, and if you've been sued for not allowing... For, for racial discrimination as far as housing is concerned, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a very clear example of who you, who you are yes. and, and, and basically what you're going to, uh, what you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And people don't change just because
because you say change. Right. That's that's not how the world works. That's not how the human human instrumentality don't work. Like I'm going to change just because you put me in a position. Because if you're corrupt, naturally, when you get power, power absolutely corrupts. Mm-hmm. 